Hi everyone, today we are talking to Maxim Soss. He is a French citizen living in Copenhagen for over a year and a half now. Before moving to Denmark, he lived in the Netherlands and also Portugal. He studied architecture in his native country and then he worked for around three years in the Netherlands. Um, he's always found a real passion for graphic design and at the moment he's working with international online businesses. And in July this year, he started his first company in Denmark, which is focused on both architecture and graphic design. He's very much interested in cultures, buildings, and visual communication. So let's say hi to Maxim. Hi, Maxim. How are you doing today? Hi, Rita. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good. Thanks. Thank you so much for, you know, for being in the podcast, for being open to talk about your experience as an international in this country. Um, would you like to share more about why you decided to, you know, be part of the of the podcast? Yeah, sure. I wanted to be part of this podcast because I found the, the subject really interesting about like uh, internationals that are in Denmark, you know, um, trying to, to build their businesses, but also just to live in a different country and to maybe adapt or to discover a new culture. So I'm really part of this, this people's group. So I'd like to participate and maybe uh, give some advices also to people, you know, that are in the same situation. So if, can, if I can help, you know, some people... Uh, discovering things about Denmark and the way to live here, then I'd be grateful to, uh, to share my experience. Yes, thank you so much. That's that's what the podcast, you know, it, it's about. It's about connecting with other, you know, internationals who are also seeking to build their professional career here in Denmark. But at the same time, they want to be able to share, you know, other uh, aspects of moving to a new country, which, um, you know, can have a, a big impact in your, you know, in your life and also personality. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask you about uh, what made you decide to move to Denmark? Before moving to Denmark, you lived in the Netherlands, right? For three years? Yeah, exactly. For um, Actually, for two years and a half, almost three, indeed. Um, okay. But I mean, I think we can uh, come back a bit in time. And uh, actually, when I was uh, eight, uh, yeah? I used to travel a lot with, uh, with my parents around Europe. And uh, we did a trip in, uh, in Scandinavia when I was eight years old. Yeah. Uh, and there was like, a, so in Denmark, but also in Sweden and Norway. And we've been going for uh, almost two months, uh, traveling around those three countries. Mm -hmm. And I really remember um, uh, Copenhagen and, and Denmark in general, uh, as the, the landscape were really beautiful and the, the climate was super nice and uh, And also the light, you know, was quite different, like a bit mm -hmm. more bluish. And all of those things, those memories, uh, I think were super beautiful, you know, in my uh, in my mind. So I always try to kind of connect to that. Uh, so for me, it was, you know, natural to uh, at some point come back to those countries and especially Denmark. Um, but also like recently, like um, for my graduation project at school, uh, the, the, the site uh, of study was, uh, was Copenhagen. Oh, wow. So, so we've okay. been doing like a school trip, school trip. Sorry, um, in in Copenhagen. So we visited a lot of uh, architecture, uh, but also you know we lived in Copenhagen for uh, over a week. Uh, so you had time to acclimate a bit to uh, to the to the atmosphere of the city, mm -hmm. and uh, and finding out you know what's happening in Copenhagen and 
Hoydstone and the, and the bars and stuff, you know, the atmosphere in general. Mm. Uh, so those elements led me, I think, into uh, moving to Denmark as uh, it was like a beautiful memory and mm -hmm. uh, a, a good site, you know, to, uh, to study. I have this like little smirk um, on my face because you mentioned how you like the weather and how that was very nice. And uh, I don't get to hear that quite often, not even from uh, from Danish people. So <laughs> was it like too different from from where you were living in France? <laughs> Actually, from France, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I'm coming from Normandy, which is a super mm. raining uh, region in France. I'm sure you, you kind of heard about it at some point, maybe. Uh, and actually, I studied more in the middle of France, which mm -hmm. is a more... Um, moderate climate let's say so it's not really raining you know that much and and the sun is there and then i moved to to portugal but in the north of portugal uh, for uh, erasmus study uh, so in porto and in porto actually the weather you can think you know it would be great and sunny but it's raining a lot even though it's small rain it was raining really a lot so i got a lot of different climates you know throughout like let's say four or five years at the beginning And then I moved to the Netherlands and that was quite terrible, I would say, like Normandy-like, you know, like really raining and stuff. And coming in Denmark, in, uh, in Copenhagen, it's raining, but that's okay, you know. Uh, you know it's going to be cold. Uh, the rain is a bit, it's light rain, I think. Um, and, and the light is so beautiful that I don't really mind about the rain in itself. Oh. And I don't mind about the cold as well. That's something that I like. I like to be, you know, in a winter jacket and stuff, walking yeah. around the city. For me, that's a really good feeling and uh, that's participating to this kind of cozy feeling of the city. So I'm not really, uh, I'm, I'm quite glad to be uh, to be here, even with the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and what do you like about the uh, the Danish architecture when you came here for that week? Um, for me, there are really two aspects uh, that I really enjoyed about uh, Danish architecture, but they're a bit more, uh, they're a bit dated right now. But for me, that's the classic uh, mm -hmm. that, that makes also the culture of a country. Um, so there are some, uh, like a church, the, the, the Grundvik church, the one million brick church by uh, Peter uh, Jensen Klint. And that's really like, a, I don't know, a classic of Copenhagen, like a beautiful church uh, just out of, uh, of bricks. In a way, it's, uh, it's, it's simple because it's using only one material, the, the brick, but, the, but the, the work is so rich. You know, like the, 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 the volumes that he created out of those bricks, uh, the way he's using the material really made the, the richness of the place and the kind of sacred aura around the, around this building. Yeah, so I this is the first... Yeah. You, you, you never experienced this? Uh, this I, I, I yeah, I don't think that, I have, that, I, that I've been there, but now that you're describing it this way, I, I'll make sure to go there soon. That's really nice, and it's not so far from the from the city center. You know, if you have a bike, it's like a 15 minutes uh, bike ride, I think, at top. So that's really um, it's really amazing. I think it's always open, also. So we, uh, feel free to go. I, yeah. I really yeah. recommend. It's gonna be on my list of things to do now. It, it sounds beautiful. So this is the first thing, like which is really uh, like classic architecture, which I think you cannot avoid, you know, in Copenhagen as an architect, of, of course. And and then the second thing is the the work from uh, Arne Jacobsen, which is also really like a classic architect in Denmark, but also a, a designer. And mm -hmm. I think what I really like about uh, about him is the fact that he went from um, from the the architecture itself as a building uh, mm -hmm. until the the details of the architecture and what compose the spaces, meaning like. He, he really designed a lot of furniture for his buildings. And the, the best example, I think, is the SAS Tower uh, in front of the Central Station, which yeah. is this uh, kind of rectangular extruded uh, 
tower, which is super simple, but so well done. And I got the, the opportunity to go there like a few weeks ago. And I think the, the detail of the building are just amazing. And the, the rooms are super nice. And it's like, a, I don't know, a tower is also like a, a kind of a narcissistic dream of an architect, you know, to be built. <laughs> and he, uh, he managed to do that and uh, he, he did it really beautifully, I think. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, um, a lot of uh, good ideas to go uh, for a walk around the city to see these places. So thank you. Did you have some, some pieces of architecture that you noticed also in the city and that's for you, you know, where? Uh, yeah, well, it's very interesting for me, uh, that building where they, uh, where they burned uh, all the trash in the, in, in the city. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. I don't remember the name, but there's this building that has, uh, I don't know if like a little park on top of it. And I think you can see it from, um, I think you can see it from Newhound. But they Are you burn. speaking about the, the factory? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's, uh, uh, it's, it's I think it's called um, Copenhill. And that's uh-huh. done by, uh, by BIG, Big, uh, which okay. is one of the major offices in, uh, in, uh, in Denmark and in Copenhagen. Uh, run by uh, Bjarke Ingels, yeah. and that's uh, indeed like quite a, quite a terrific building in the sense that uh, it, it's super new. Uh, so building like a ski path on top mm-hmm. of, yes. uh, of a building, you know, is already something that you never saw. <laughs> it's very interesting that there are a lot of open spaces or open areas that I, I've seen in Copenhagen, where I don't know, like cemeteries or uh, this building, where there's a lot of effort to make them. Um, like and a people friendly, you know, like you can make use of those spaces, even though maybe they are meant for something else. Um, it's, it's it's very nice to see in the city that effort to enjoy nature, regardless of what that what that could mean, you know. For sure, um, no, no, yeah. that's uh, indeed that's a great example that you are uh, saying. I think for the for the centuries, I'm living in uh, in Norbo next to this century, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, like a super nice park as well. And there are so many people. Uh, around running also in the in the cemetery it's super cool i think and uh, and indeed like I, I didn't remember that when i came and that was a really mm-hmm. good uh, a good thing you know to 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 see and to experience and i'm myself going to the cemetery to, to walk just to take some fresh air when it's uh, sunny like today it's just uh, just amazing and the good thing is that the city is flat so you can get you can get to places uh uh, easily without feeling uh, that tired. <laughs> it's good. And to uh, to come back quickly on the um, yeah. on the building that you were um, uh, speaking about, I think yeah. that's uh, like something that is super interesting is that Bjarkingos uh, he said that also building uh, such a thing, you know, like a, so it's a renovation actually of the of the factory uh, with a ski pass on top, so extension plus uh, adding some new programs. Uh, it means also for the future generation uh, that they will take this as a base, you know? So this is possible to do. Yeah. So building an, an extension of a factory with a ski pass on top is something that you can do. So this will be the base for future generation to, uh, to build upon, you know? So yeah. I think in a way that's going to be, uh, that's going to free a bit the imagination, you know, of some people. And they're going to start with a, with a new base that will be the new... Uh, the, the the new thing to do, you know, like the newer. Right, but I, I do wonder, you know, how I don't know how effective maybe it is to have a uh, a ski ski area on top of a factory that is burning things. It makes sure it feels like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but it's a legitimate, legitimate question. But at the same time, that's just um, 
mixing programs, you know, and making a, normally a factory is really outside of the city. You don't really want yeah. to see it. It's rejecting, you know, a lot of fumes and, uh, and all those, those nasty gases and stuff. So you don't want to be next to it. But as soon as you create a kind of mix it in the program, then it makes it, you know, a new thing. And maybe you're going to visit the factory and that's going to improve also the, the image and maybe the way a factory is working and what it's yeah. producing. And it's really integrated, you know, into the city, which makes it really like a, as a sculpture a bit in the city that you can use to, uh, to have recreational uh, aspects, you know. Uh, yeah, and also also like to expand knowledge, right? Because if, if it is there and you see it, then you're aware that that exists. So you might become more interested in, you know, know how this works and how it, it impacts, you know, the area or you know, care more about how all these processes are being undertaken. Undertaken? <laughs> yes, I think that's the word. <laughs> how, um, something like that. I think, yeah, I think... It's okay. I think we, we know what I mean. <laughs> um, I understood. Yeah. yeah. How uh, these processes are being uh, processed, I guess. But yeah, how how everything works and, and how you can maybe, I don't know, be part of this. Maybe by learning more about it, you can vote, you know, better if there's a chance to vote on this kind of things. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's interesting how, you know, in the future... Or even now, you can look at buildings not just as a place where things are being done inside, but how there can be areas that invite, you know, the normal, regular citizen who otherwise wouldn't know much about it. So, yeah, it's it's it can be very positive. Yeah, and um, I also wanted to know more about your experience starting a business in Denmark. I know you just started your business in June, right? Or July this year. Um, so I actually started everything in uh, in June, like to get really interested in um, in uh, founding uh, a company, mm-hmm. and uh, I started uh, legally uh, in July to uh, start my business. So I wanted to take actually the June months to really study all the different models that were existing about the companies, um, mm-hmm. and and I put the starting date of my company in July. So I had this time, you know, to reflect on. Uh, Okay, what's important for me to, uh, to to build, and what is the way I want to build my company? So the model that I found was a was a one man business company, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that was fitting me because I'm I want to be at first at least uh, uh, alone in uh, in my work, you know, like just working mm-hmm. on my own uh, with some people. But I want to take care of everything in order to experience every role in the in the chain uh, because before I was working for some companies so um, uh, so basically you, you produce you know the, the drawings and all uh, mm-hmm. but you are not really in charge of the communication with the client or uh, to a minor degree uh, which for me was always a bit frustrating because I, I like to be uh, I'm quite extrovert and I like to be social so I like to speak with people and to and to get their demands and to get uh, what they want you know to achieve in the end, yeah. and, and guide them, you know, through the process. So I really want to be part of all those uh, those fields of the project. Um, so I decided to start my company on my own and to take care of everything. Obviously, there are some stuff, you know, that I'm not skilled with naturally, uh, meaning like, for instance, uh, accounting and stuff, I don't know much about it. So I decided to hire some people. I think that's important also to uh, to know that you cannot do everything by yourself, not to get overwhelmed by uh, by everything, and focus on uh, 
on really what you want to do. Myself, I wanted to be really more creative and to find, you know, concepts. Uh, mm-hmm. As I did in architecture before, I wanted to relate that to my uh, uh, new job, to architecture and graphic design. Yeah. So, uh, so I wanted to take first the time to uh, to do that uh, more than anything. But then, obviously, you need to uh, take care of the communication, to find clients, uh, to, uh, to improve maybe your social medias and stuff. So, there are many things that you should do, but of course, you should prioritize. And uh, so, first was to find the, the model of, uh, of of a company, mm-hmm. uh, one man business. Then uh, I wanted to know also about the taxes and all. So uh, this I uh, I called, for instance, uh, SCAT and just asked them, you know, uh, what was possible to do as a one-man business? Uh, how does it work in Denmark? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And what I did is also to contact, you know, other uh, people that were trying to do the same things or did it before me. So I could get some advices uh, on how to really start a company, which in the end, it's super simple huh, in Denmark. If you're alone, you just go on some website like uh, virk.dk, V-I-R-K, and, uh, and you just read, you know, what's what's in front of your eyes. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very interesting, right? How easy it is to do it here. It's you go online, click, click, click. And I mean, you do have to know what you want to do, but it's there's not much like paperwork. It's it's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is uh, digitalized, so um, you can really find your way quite easily. I found it quite easy in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing for me that was a bit more difficult uh, was more to start uh, to have like a business bank account, like a professional bank account that is related to your company. So basically, yeah. you've got your name conto, you know, which is your uh, your normal bank account that you use every day. Mm-hmm. But when you have, uh, as soon as you have a company, you need to have a, a professional bank account, uh, which can be the same as your name conto. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was better to split them, you know, so I know what I'm earning through the company and what I can use personally. Uh, and the bank are always asking for lots of documents to prove that uh, you are living in Denmark, that you worked in Denmark. A bit uh, frustrating, you know, sometimes. But in the end, you just, uh, I mean, my best advice would be just to call, you know, the people you're in touch with, uh, yeah. meaning at the bank and stuff, or just contact them, you know, through the chat and ask uh, what documents you need. And if you don't understand what is the document, tell them directly. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not familiar with this term. Uh, can you explain me what is this document and what, why do, where can I find it, basically? So that they're very helpful. Like even when you call SCAT, right, you can have a chat and just... Mm-hmm. Clarify your doubts on, on what's on the website um, when it comes to learning how to deal, how to handle your taxes. Yeah, but on SCAD, yeah. there are also like some, some videos, you know, that uh, explains you um, the types of uh, companies that you can mm-hmm. fund. Uh, there are like two tutorials, if I remember well, and they're <laughs> really well done because you, you really understand, you know, what, what leans towards, uh, what leans uh, under, you know, the company's name and uh, what it means and uh, why, why you need this one and not the other one. So it's really well done. It's really complete, I think. And as a creative person uh, or as a person who owns a creative business, um, I think you mentioned this uh, briefly before, but who do you hire? Like, why do you find it was easier, you know, to to let other people do so you could focus on your creative side? Yes. So the only person that I uh, employed so far Mm -hmm. or that I'm paying because he's also (laughs) like a one-man business, you know, Uh in a way. So it's more like a a kind of small partnership, but at the same time, I'm I'm, uh, his client. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is only this guy that I'm I'm paying, you know, every quarter. So you need to have like a, 
VAT report every quarter, and then there is like a annual, annual. Uh, how do we say? Um, I don't know. <laughs> like an annual report. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so you have VAT reports every uh, quarter, and you have annual reports at the end of the year. Uh, and that I'm really not familiar with, and I don't really get uh -huh. uh, what are the taxes you know, in Denmark and stuff, even though. Uh -huh. I, like you know, that was the way. Also, hiring someone is also um, a way to understand things. And mm -hmm. as he's um, an expert in it, then I can mm -hmm. ask him questions that I didn't get before, that I didn't get the answer from before. For me, if I'm creating, you know, a business or a project, sometimes, um, well, especially when when it's like a business, you want to you want to do everything, right? It's been happening even with like our collaboration. Uh, you are behind the rebranding of the podcast, which is going to happen. Maybe, maybe already happened when this is published. <laughs> um, and and you're super, you know, talented creating uh, visuals to have, you know, like a, a, a clear branding or effective branding. And I'm like, but I also want to know how to do this. I also want to know how to do this. Like somehow when there's something that you're passionate about or that you care about. You want to take care of everything. But it is true that sometimes there are going to be things, or not sometimes, always there are going to be things that we won't be an expert at, right? And exactly. it's, it's better to to hire the people and, and you know, get help for, from those who will do it better because they know about it. And yeah. and that also take takes away... Um, time that you could be using to focus on the things that you are good at. So it's good to think of this, um, right, you're collaborating or maybe you're hiring other people, but it's the, the, the end goal, it's for you to see the best results uh, for exactly. your own business. So it's, it's good to accept that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's hard to accept that you cannot do everything. Yeah, and I think that's really great to acknowledge, you know, that you cannot be uh, good everywhere and that's... <laughs> You know, when you are good at something, maybe you will become better because uh, because you put all your efforts towards that. You know, so it's okay to have um, to to lack, you know, some skills. Uh, but I think it's even better to acknowledge that you lack those things and maybe you want to improve them, you know, later, and you want to uh, to evolve into something better. You know, like I think we are as human, we are trying to do that always. Yeah. Uh, so building up skills is always good, but improving your existing skills is also, I think, a good model. You know, to to become a better person, and uh, and hiring someone can allow you to uh, to really focus on uh, what your speciality is. And to become even better at it, and 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 help other people, you know, when when you can. I think the um, the example, you know, with the uh, with the podcast, uh, for me, I really saw the the potential of it, and I think the content was super clear and and really qualitative. So that's why I contacted you, you know, in the first place. I was like, okay, maybe uh, maybe I can help because. I think everything's super interesting, but maybe there is a way to uh, to tweak it yeah. to make something even better, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that you will feel even more close to and that people will maybe relate to uh, even more, you know, in the future. So if I was touched by, uh, by your content and what you are doing, uh, I'm sure other people will and maybe they are a bit more sensitive to, uh, uh, to the graphic design or the visual communication. So let's try just to, to make it better together, you know. Exactly. And, and, and I really like uh, what you said that it's about building your skills and, you know, just improving your, your knowledge because um, we all start somewhere and sometimes that somewhere is serious. Sometimes it's, it's maybe 
not even halfway there, but you have some knowledge. But the more either hiring or collaborating, you you get to learn from those people who are experts. And yeah, and and, and it's okay to not know that much at the beginning. Um, and I think we should always remember also that uh, in a way, you know, knowledge is something that you share and you never lose it. You always add knowledge to people. You never subtract it from something else. Uh, so as soon as you communicate what you are doing, um, that's always a good manner to uh, to make it better for everyone or to uh, or to help other people, even though they even though they are not directly impacted, you know. But what you are doing, uh, maybe they will find something interesting in what you are saying in one sentence, and they will take this sentence and make it even better later. So always like spread knowledge and explain what you are doing is a good way, I think, to uh, to improve the society you are living in or the the people you are meeting and uh, and. Uh, and the cities, you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to clap when you, when you were saying this uh, thing about sharing knowledge, but I I, I kept myself uh, <laughs> because because of course it's better to hear it. <laughs> but I was like, yes, that's 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 amazing. Thank you for saying that. Like it's it's true. You can always add knowledge um, to another. Uh, to I mean, share the knowledge is good too. What you said, I think you said <laughs> exactly what you said. Um, and <laughs> And um, I, I will. I want to go back to you know to to your experience um, as an international yeah. professional um, because you you shared that you worked for three years in, in well almost three years in the Netherlands as an architect and now you change your focus to graphic design. Was there an event that made you uh, switch to this other area of architecture or? How um, how did that change happen? What what made you change from a focus on architecture to now, you know, work on graphic design and also create a business on that? I got a couple of answers on those uh, on this topic. Uh, it's it's an answer that uh, that that is um, uh, that is true to myself right now, uh, but it might change you know also later. Um, what I mean is that uh, I went through some experiences that were really great and others that were really painful in, uh, in architecture uh, because mm-hmm. I felt a bit used, you know, by some offices or, um, or I didn't produce uh, what I wanted uh, because, because you know, sometimes you are a bit fed up about the situation that you are in uh, because yeah. there were some, uh, um, some temporary contracts or some others that were uh, meant to be longer, but at the end uh, they happened to be uh, three months. Uh, there was yeah. a way a bit to cover, you know, the contracts. So I've been a bit disappointed in in few of them, and some others experiences were really great, you know. And I found myself as a as a real passionate of architecture, as I was when I was studying. Um, so I've got a bit mixed feelings about architecture right now, but I still believe in it in a way that uh, that I think it can create something greater, you know, in uh, in our cities. Um, so that's the first point about architecture, a bit of disappointment, but great experiences. So, uh, come on, uh, we can make it better, you know? So I'm still mm-hmm. really interested in architecture and passionate because I see the potential of it. Um, I just didn't have the opportunity to really express it yet, but I got some projects upcoming. So I'm sure, you know, I'm going to regain all my, uh, my strengths for architecture. Uh, but what saved me a bit during that period is that uh, I got more work as a graphic designer. And mm-hmm. that's uh, the, the switch between the two for me 
is not really a switch that's more complementary uh, because I really think, you know, in, a, in my future practice, I manage to do both at the same time. Meaning when you think about the building, uh, you can know a bit of the users that's going to live in it and maybe you can implement already some uh, visual communication that are part of it and maybe create an identity throughout the building. Uh, The, from the structure to its real design and like visual communication. So in terms of uh, uh, graphic design, and for me, the, the same thing that is happening in the two fields, in architecture and graphic design, mm -hmm. that's the creativity. Uh, okay. The fact that you are looking for concepts and, uh, and you are trying to express something always differently. You, you never draw two times the same building. You never draw two times the same logo. Uh, there is always like a process that uh, that renew itself, and uh, and I'm addicted to that. You know, to the to the creativity behind it. Like uh, you need to to process informations and change them into uh, into something physical. And and for me, this is really uh, beautiful work. You know, that's what I love to do. Uh, so for me, this is the kind of similar point in it. Mm -hmm. And the difference is more about the the, the time. Uh, for instance, like an architectural project, it will take at least one, two, five years. You know, to be built. Whatever right. the scale, I mean, it can be fast. You know, if it's a cabin and stuff, but still, it will take at least a year because you need to find, you need to to draw the project, you need to. Uh, validate it with the clients you need to understand all the needs meaning a lot of meetings uh, then you need to find the, the people that will build it then you need to have insurance companies like there are many things you know around architecture which mm -hmm. makes it really complicated and really really amazing I think to me but at the same time that's really a long time so here comes graphic design which is something that you can go way faster in it And you can produce things and you directly see them, you know, in action like a week or two later or during the same day even. That can happen. So this difference of time for me is really uh, motivating. And I love to have this, uh, this really instant process uh, and the creativity is even, you know, coming faster. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, I think I love that, you know, I'm addicted to this kind of fast Yeah. Uh, fast thinking and uh, and producing and basically like from architecture I gain knowledge to produce a lot of things quite fast so I can try mm -hmm. many things so I implemented that into graphic design uh, where for instance like when you um, hire someone to make a logo it will it will give you three proposals or something and I like to to really give my clients much more choices to open the discussion and see uh, what could be actually the correct answer to their problem uh, and, and the correct way of presenting you know what they want so uh, trying to to switch from one to another I think is always like giving a lot of uh, of creativity uh, I don't know what to say anymore <laughs> and, and I'm run out of words now I'm going to go to take a nap <laughs> no but I, I, I understand I hear a lot um, from what you're saying it seems like it's very attractive for you to be challenged constantly right and yeah. and to go through this process where maybe you you get a description about um, a business company or product idea and you have to really take that and make it yeah make it something visual That's really that's really that that I'm uh, addicted to, and uh, and it's, I I have the feeling that it's faster, you know, in uh, in graphic design, and um, I really like that. But I find it even more beautiful in architecture. It just mm -hmm. I think more difficult to come up with something uh, really good, and that is worth building, you know. 
Entiendo. Yeah, and what I like about the process I've gone through, you know, with you working on the the new visuals for the podcast is that uh, I was able to understand this this kind of foundation for to, to be able to create even more content. You know, it's like okay, now I have this foundation; it makes sense. Is you know, it's uh, coherent, so it gives me more. Um, like a place to rest or to feel like, okay, now I can do all these other things because especially with what we use for the podcast, which is Instagram, it's it's quite nice. Like now I, I feel that we can just create, create, create because I don't have to be always wondering, okay, what kind of colors or what kind of feeling do I want to create in people's minds when they're looking at our, our, our feed? So... Yeah, so it's very important. It, it's and it's, it's been nice to to learn that how how important that is. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really interesting to um, uh, for you when you said that you feel comfortable, you know, with it. That's really uh, what I'm trying to implement also in the in the work is that you you create a pattern where you really feel comfortable with and and that you can use as much as you want and the way you want it. So you do, uh, you know, what we did is to uh, to create a kind of template, a base mm -hmm. that you can really explore by yourself and. Uh, and really implement you know your ideas in it without being uh, limited at all but more in the way that uh, that you feel represented you know by the by the logo that we chose together and that we drew uh, together and uh, what will become of it is is your responsibility in a way you know and mm -hmm. uh, and you can make it evolve and stuff and i really uh, i really like to to follow you know my um my clients or my uh, my partners in that case more you know into uh, the the evolution i think of the of the brand and the but it's not exactly a brand huh? we call it a brand just because it's uh, yeah a bit more of a, of a, of a word to use but mm -hmm. it's more just a, an identity i think that uh, yeah. that will become yours you know so if you feel represented by it i think that's the best uh, accomplishment that we can yeah. uh, that we can do Yes, true. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all this, you know, information and thoughts on, you know, the work that you do with uh, your business and graphic design. Um, I wanted to go back to your, you know, to your experience with different cultures as you move and live in different countries. Um, yeah, so I, I would like to know if this is like completely, I'm completely changing the topic right now, but <laughs> but that's okay, that's life. We, we change things sometimes yeah. very abruptly. Um, is there anything, you know, related to your cultural identity or your personality or even points of view um, that, you know, that, that, that happened within yourself when you moved to live in the Netherlands and also when you moved, you know, later to Denmark? Well, there, um, I mean, I don't think I really um, uh, transform in a way, you know, in my uh, in my cultural identity, because uh, mm -hmm. as I told you, kind of at the at the beginning, I used to really travel a lot with my parents mm -hmm. um, in Europe. So every time we had holidays, we were going somewhere. You know, we are never. I mean, we could stay in France, but that was never in our uh, region in Normandy. We we're always going uh, somewhere just to discover things to. Um, Uh, to, to explore, you know, some new landscapes and cultures and all. And um, I think, you know, I, I try to push it even further by going to live in the countries uh, to, to really explore the culture and uh, and to meet the people that are living in those countries. Um, so the first time that that, uh, that it happened really was in Portugal. And 
Actually, I didn't feel that uh, I really transformed. I just adapted, you know, to the country while implementing who I was and uh, what I wanted to do. And there was such a, a beautiful uh, experience uh, just to feel that you can be truly yourself, you know, somewhere else, wherever, and for whatever reason, you just, you are yourself, you know. You cannot hide uh, behind things. You just uh, explore and you and you meet people. And uh, so you define a bit more who you are by... Uh, by the people that you meet and the way you talk and what you want to express. So I think that was really super interesting to me. And I wanted to, uh, to reproduce, you know, that experience when I uh, uh, graduated and I went to Netherlands. I had the same feeling, you know, there was again great that I could meet new people, uh, be truly myself and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, just discover, you know, new things around. Uh, so when I moved to Denmark, there was also mm -hmm. like the... the The first thing you know that uh, that was appealing to me it was to uh, to uh, to continue to be myself and just to explore what I was meant to do in a way you know or what I really wanted to do and uh, I think starting my company also in Denmark uh, transformed the way that I see companies and uh, and and the city itself you know in a way that uh, that you can be truly yourself in a, in a country that doesn't exactly belong to you. Uh, wow! Yeah. But it's also like, uh, it doesn't really matter for me where I am so much. Uh, it matters, you know, what, what I want to do and how I want to do it and, and the people that can, uh, that can be with you during this trip, you know, somehow. So, um, so for me, the, the... Okay, I don't know what to say anymore again. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what I mean is that the cultural identity for me is something that you build upon your, your experience yeah. uh, and not upon the country you are living in. Um, so, Yeah, I really like something that you said um, before we started recording the episode. You, you were talking about the transformation. Uh, it's not so much what happens to you. It's more this evolving process. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, we all experience, right, of course, moving abroad or maybe even moving to the market differently. Um, yeah, depending on how, you know, you see the culture and where you are at in life in that moment. I'm really interested when I hear from, you know, other internationals that uh, they've had like a, you know, like an easier time adjusting because it makes me feel like, huh, like, yeah, it's, it's, All journeys are so different, and and it's nice to um, to know that uh, you know adjusting to, to a culture. Sometimes it's more about you know it speaks more about your own maybe um, I don't know cultural struggles rather than whether or not a culture is welcoming or not. Um, it's really nice to hear to other I guess other experiences because because it, it can be a very smooth transition also to to move to different countries or to move to Denmark. Um, so, I'm yeah. always uh, I mean, really um, optimistic as well, you know. <laughs> I like yeah. to be really positive, you know, in my life. That's, mm -hmm. I think that's who I am. Um, but of course, like, like we went into some difficulties, you know, like, uh, for instance, like uh, unemployment, you know, uh, at the beginning. I mean, at the beginning, we are employed together with my girlfriend um, and, and she's, uh, she's Polish. We are living together in the, in the Netherlands. We met there and we decided to move in together in, uh, in Denmark because she studied in Aalborg. She wanted mm -hmm. to come back to Denmark, and uh, and uh, and I wanted to come to Denmark for a while. So that was the perfect opportunity, you know, to do it together and to yeah. build our relationship even even stronger by living together here in this country. So the beginning was quite, you know, 
uh, that was great uh, because we we had a job uh, and that was uh, there was a good period you know kind of uh, end of summer or something so the, the the temperature is super nice and the, and the, the atmosphere is great so that was mm-hmm. all good you know the, the land of promise like <laughs> that was <super> nice. <laughs> Uh, but then, of course, like we went into some uh, some uh, difficult times, you know, where we didn't have a job anymore. Uh, and as you know, uh, the the rent is quite expensive also mm-hmm. here in Denmark. So yeah. uh, that was a bit difficult, you know, to come back from that and say, okay, we don't have a job, we have an apartment to pay. How come we don't find a job with our experience and stuff? Uh, we thought, you know, we were coming from a, from a really good office, so it would be easy. And in the end, you realize that uh, that's not gonna be that easy. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe there will be some difficult times. And I, a bit of struggle but in the end you know you I don't know we, we felt confident on our choice to, to come yeah. here so you overpass a bit those uh, those experience and those bad times because you're motivated you know in doing uh, what you do best meaning uh, being creative for us trying your best you know being really professional also in, uh, in our approach to work so, right. um, so that, that came out great, you know. But that was that was difficult, and uh, I'm not saying that's all pink, you know. First, <laughs> <laughs> but but in the end, like you said, it's it's worth it, especially when you have you know this um, when when the country or the culture gives you the opportunity to to start something new, and that's something that I've been learning like in the past, or I've been noticing mostly uh, in the past year that Denmark does welcome you know foreigners or internationals to start something new here like starting a business for example yeah you're right I, think I, I found it really helpful you know that uh, people we are seeing that just as a normal thing to do as well you know there was nothing that uh, there was no one sorry that uh, came to me and said uh, why are you doing that here you know like you shouldn't or whatever they were all like super supportive Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I think that's really important to point out. You're right. That's uh, I don't know. I feel I felt really great doing it, and uh, and nobody advised me against doing that. You know, and that's yeah. uh, you're right. Like because even you know my accountant. Uh, I mean, we spoke English, and the guy was really comfortable in speaking English with me, even though the terms you know sometimes are in Danish. Uh, that's okay. You translate them. You understand. You can ask questions and. Uh, and it's so great that this country is so open onto uh, English language, you know, as a really way of communicating. When you go to the doctor, when you when you go for groceries even, and you don't understand something, you know, the people switch immediately, I think, to English, and that can that might make uh, hard the fact to uh, to uh, to do, to learn Danish. But at mm. the same time, I think that's really uh, a proof that uh, that uh, Danish people are really open-minded, you know, towards other cultures. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Thank you so much, uh, Maxim, for being today in the podcast. I really appreciate that you share, you know, so much of your experience living here, moving here, and also starting a business. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you. And I just want to ask you, what, uh, what, you, what are you up to right now, or why are you looking more off in in Denmark at the moment? Yeah, so first of all, thanks a lot for inviting me, Rita. It was a super nice conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt really, uh, really good, and I'm advising uh, everyone to to join also the podcast. You know, if uh, if you have the opportunity, uh, please contact Rita. You know, she's uh, she's great. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> and regarding the my, my focus those days. Um, so I would like to do a bit of different things. The first is uh, is more about graphic design, and I'm really interested more in uh, in logo design and uh, visual branding mm-hmm. uh, and branding identity. Uh, 
so every like if there are some um, some uh, small entrepreneurs that are starting their company or try to redesign you know their branding uh, and their strategy in the branding i'd love to uh, to help on that so uh, don't hesitate to contact me and i'm also interested in um, in making uh, some renovations uh, in the apartments to find you know new layouts and uh, and a better way to uh, to live uh, in your home um, and also like a small project like uh, summer houses and stuff that's really uh, something that I would like to uh, experience more and that I've got experience in already um, so uh, so those are the two topics architecture and, and graphic design graphic design in, in logos and, uh, and branding and architecture yeah. in a small renovation and, uh, and, uh, and build small buildings that's it that's really cool thank you so much Maxim and, and I'll, I'll make sure that we have all your information um on instagram so yes thank you so much have That's a great, great week and talk to you soon thanks bye bye bye